Welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Today, I'm joined by professional water skier, Darian LeBlanc, and we're going to be discussing water skiing, water sports, including wakeboarding and kneeboarding, all kinds of amazing things that you can do on the lake, on the water this summer. And you're hearing it from one of the best in the business. Darian is a professional after all, and she's been a professional longer than I've been water skiing myself. Before we get to this episode, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. <laughs> Darian, welcome to the show. Excited to have you on today. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So for people who aren't familiar with your journey, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into water skiing? Sure. So I'm a professional water skier located in Florida. I ski in the ski shows at Legoland. If any of anyone's ever been there before, it's a really fun show. Um, I got started in skiing in Tampa is where I learned to ski. That's where I grew up. And I was about 12 years old when I learned to ski for the first time. I dabbled a little bit in wakeboarding before I learned to water ski. We had just gotten a boat. We lived on the coast. We would take it out. Uh, I got a wakeboard for Christmas and that's where I kind of started my water skiing journey a little bit. Face planted many times, never really got the hang of it that much. I could get up a little bit, but that was the extent of it. And we went to this flea market in Oldsmar, Florida, and behind it was this private lake. You would have never known that there was a lake behind it because this is this big industrial area and the ski team resided there. And what they would do was put flyers out on everyone's cars at the flea market. And they did shows every Saturday at six. And we went and saw the show. I fell in love with it. I did a learn to ski day with them, got up right away. And it's from there, my career started basically. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. That's quite the journey. So you said you started skiing at age 12 and then most of your skiing was in the ocean? I did a little bit in the ocean just on our own, but the team that I was with was in a small lake. Okay. So that's probably helped you a lot learning to ski on a lake as opposed to the ocean. I've never skied myself in the ocean, but I can imagine it's a little bit different. It is. We would have to find like inlets area where it's calmer, but saltwater and um, freshwater is actually very different to ski on too, because saltwater is more buoyant. Mm -hmm. So you're more like flat on top of the water where in freshwater, you have a little bit more drag. Interesting. Now, obviously, when it comes to something like water skiing, the boat that's pulling you matters a lot, right? The speed that it's going, Mm -hmm. the size of the weight, the weight distribution, where the rope is like anchored. How how have you been able to like adjust those different factors to get good at water skiing and kind of improve your uh, sport, so to speak? Yeah, I would say speed is probably the number one factor. Um, where the rope comes out of and all that stuff, it does change a little bit, but not significantly. Uh, speed is going to be your most important because it depends on the size of the skier. You know, a larger skier, you're going to want to go a faster speed, a smaller skier, you want to go slower. Um, takeoff is huge. There's a lot of driver involved when learning to ski because you don't want to rip the rope out of someone's hands, um, and stuff like that. So speed is a huge factor. Uh, when it comes to the kind of boat, you can honestly ski behind any boat, you know, as long as you you have driver safety, water etiquette, you know, be aware of your surroundings, aware of the prop in the water, stuff like that. Those, you know, take care of your safety part and you can ski behind anything. Obviously we ski behind mostly inboards and ski boats, but I've skied behind fishing boats before and 
um, like little dinghies before. <laughs> That's crazy. That, that was yeah. my first story, huh? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, so when you say that you've become a professional water mm-hmm. skier, what exactly does it look like to go pro in water skiing? Are you on like a, a competitive team? Do you do shows for people? What does that look like? So we do shows every day for people. We're hired out either we can be hired out by many types of people theme parks or private events and stuff like that like who I am hired by is a world traveler so we do a lot of road shows around the world I've been to Ecuador I've done shows in Canada other people on the team have been to Lebanon and um, other places in the Middle East which is really awesome but our show our team is hired out by Legoland right now so we do shows daily um at lego and that's what would be considered professional because we are paid to do it every day right as a specialist yeah how have you been able to kind of like adjust your skiing as you've traveled the world is it different skiing in one area versus another what's that um it is very different uh for example when i did ecuador it was in where the tides come in and out so like kind of like a river where the tides come in and out so the tide it would be really fast flowing water, like about 15, 20 miles per hour of flowing water. And it was insane. You know, you'd sit on the dock and you put your skis in and the skis are getting ripped out underneath you. You know, we'd have to land about a mile away from where we started because the water would flow us really quick back to the dock. It was actually probably one of the most terrifying ones I've done, but super fun and really tested my abilities. Um, I think the biggest set or the biggest thing is mindset you know, have confidence in yourself, you know, your level, if you're being asked to be on one of these road shows where you're going ski in a brand new place with no practice, it means that you have the talent and the skill to be able to do it successfully. So you need to be confident in yourself that you can don't let it tear you down or don't go there and get scared. You're like, Oh, no, I don't know if I can do this. Because if our boss didn't think you couldn't do it, you wouldn't be there. No, definitely. Mindset's a huge thing. We talk about it all the time on the podcast. So how do you go about cultivating a mindset that leads you to success when you are traveling and on the road uh, for these shows that, like you said, you don't really have a whole lot of time to prepare for? Mm-hmm. Um, it's I do struggle a lot sometimes with confidence, especially when I go to a competition. Um, I struggle a lot with confidence and knowing my talent level that I am good enough. So it's basically for me is I got to think when I practice is the best when I ski and a show versus practice. It's the same thing. You're doing the same thing. You're using the same muscles just because there's people in the crowd watching doesn't mean you're any different. So you have to just know, like, it's just practice. I'm just having fun. I'm it's you're with your friends, like our ski family. We're, we're all family. We're friends. And you have to just know that it's, it's okay. <laughs> right, right. And if you do like mess up and, you know, biff it or whatever, I'm sure they just never let you hear the end of it, right? It all becomes Sometimes. part of it. Um, if it's, <laughs> we've all had some crazy weird falls before it's life, you know, mistakes happen. And, you know, if you fall on one of the simple tricks, yet you make a hard trick a second ago. It's like, okay, how did I do that? But sometimes weather comes into factor, water conditions come into factor. There's many other factors that can affect your skiing and those can also hinder you. So if something like that happens, it, it is what it is. You can't control, you know, mother nature. So 
it's our boss is pretty lenient not lenient like he doesn't want you to fall but right. he's not going to tear you down not yell at you or tear you down because you right. <laughs> before we got in the recording we were just talking about how you're in florida and that's where you do your water skiing and i'm way up here in the northeastern part of the country and just the difference in temperature and what a difference that can make you mentioned it a second ago but it's crazy how you know 90 degree sunny day and 80 degree water as opposed to you know 70 degree day mm. 50 degree water it's it's very different um, very you're, you're definitely spoiled down there in florida i gotta say yeah it's nice <laughs> so you're saying tricks when it comes to water skis what kind of tricks do you mean for people who haven't watched any of your shows or that sort of thing so i'm technically considered a pro show skier so what that means we're basically stunt athletes with theater and production put together right so, so we, that looks like like those giant pyramids and that mm -hmm. sort of thing Yep. So we climb the pyramids, we climb up on top of each other. You know, a lot of the guys go over the jump and they do a lot of inverts like gainers and front flips. Uh, the guys also do hydrofoil. If you've ever heard of that, it's where the metal hydrofoil, it's really getting really popular in surfing right now. And wakeboarding, barefooting, the girls, what we do and what I specialize in is swivel skiing. So it's basically like the grace and beauty of the show. Um, it's a lot like ballet and figure skating mashed together and put on a ski and on the water. So our binding, what it does, it has bearings in it and it swivels. So the ski stays straight, but the binding will spin so that we can spin around and do like arabesque moves and stuff like that. So you're basically dancing while on water ski. Correct. <laughs> wow. I didn't realize there were so many different like subsets of mm -hmm. water skiing. I've seen you do that before. And I've always wondered how, how you'll like, I think you put the rope in like your foot and then you spin yep. around on the ski. Yeah, that's one of the tricks that we do. So we put the foot on our toe. If you've ever seen trick skiing, similar. So you put it on your toe, but instead of trying to just turn quick, 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 it's more of a ballet-like movement. So it's really slow and graceful and flexibility and stuff like that involved. Yeah, that's something just stereotyping here. Most of us guys don't really have that flexibility thing. There's, a, there's some people who are, you know, crazy exemptions to that, but I, I certainly need to work on that a little bit. Um, so how did you decide that that was what you wanted to do is kind of like combining dancing with water skiing? Were you a dancer before you were a water skier? No, uh, actually, I have no dance background or <laughs> anything like that. It took me probably about 10 years to learn a cartwheel. Um, <laughs> my mom was a dancer and a gymnast and a cheerleader. So she, I guess I have genes in me. They just came very delayed in life. Um, <laughs> so whenever I joined the ski team that I was on in Tampa, they tend to push the girls towards the swivel Avenue. And then the boys are pushed towards the jumping and more of the high extreme things. And you can dabble in both, but that's just kind of the way the shows work is the girls will do the swiveling, the gracefulness. Um, we do like a dagio, which is like doubles. Um, you throw, like guys will throw girls in the air and stuff like that. And we do like to climb the pyramids and stuff. I, I gotta look at that, throwing the person in the air thing. I haven't seen that before, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's like, um, how do I explain it? Have you ever seen paired uh, figure skating and the guy will yeah. like throw her up in lifts or something or like acro yoga, just like that. Wow, that's that's crazy. And all the water moving like behind a boat in the Correct. water. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
So when oh. the boys are doing the double, when we're doing doubles and we're doing like those acro yoga moves, the boys are in a chest harness. So the rope is coming from a harness so that they're hands free. Oh, that, I was going to say that definitely explains a lot more because how are you yeah. going to <laughs> someone while holding on to the rope? That, right. <laughs> a little too much there. Uh, so you mentioned that people get into like the barefoot skiing as mm -hmm. well. Do you barefoot ski yourself? Or? I do barefoot, actually. Um, I actually really enjoy barefooting, but the falls can be pretty brutal. I can imagine. <laughs> when you're falling at 40 miles per hour and you scorpion and neck whiplashes, it's a couple days of recovery. Right. So as I've gotten older, I've definitely been a little more taken back from barefooting just because I'm not young like I used to be. <laughs> you, you say that, but you're... <laughs> you're not that old no <laughs> I'm not but I've definitely put my body through a lot of work with like skiing any injuries or anything I have not had any injuries knock on wood um <laughs> I hope to not have any injuries but you know mother nature is mother nature and right. happens but <laughs> for sure so with the barefoot skiing how did people get started with that? Because I feel like when people are learning how to ski, they start on two skis mm -hmm. and then if, if they're like me, then they just decide, hey, I'm going to drop this one and progress to one. Mm -hmm. uh, how about that no ski thing? Do you go from one to none or do you just start with no skis? Kind. There's two different ways to do it. If you go to like a barefoot school, which we have one here in Winter Haven, Florida, you go to a barefoot school, they are going to teach you straight up on your feet. There's been people that have learned there that have never water skied a day in their life, but they can barefoot ski. Where in show skiing, you're most likely going to learn it from going from two skis, dropping a ski and doing all that first. And then you can either learn to step off of a ski or you can learn it by deeping up. Deeping up is probably your best option because it's slower steps where when you're stepping off a ski, you're just like, huck and pray. <laughs> like, here we go. Right, um, right. So when you start in the water, you can do it a lot slower. The boat can go a lot slower. So you can just kind of feel out everything. And we also have a contraption called a boom. So what it is, is basically a giant arm that comes out the side of the boat so that the instructor can talk to you while you're out there skiing. Gotcha. That's interesting. You got all the like tricks of the trade here, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with the barefoot skiing, and just skiing in general, there's some key differences to uh, water skiing from snow skiing. And I don't know if you've ever snow skied before. You don't really have a whole lot of ski resorts in Florida from what I understand. No, but I have snow skied three times. And I would like to say I'm pretty decent at it for a beginner. <laughs> That's awesome. So with snow skiing, obviously you lean forward and mm -hmm. water skiing you obviously lean back but it mm -hmm. sounds like from your experience anyways those skills transfer over pretty good a little bit um i wouldn't say necessarily any technique transfers over at all but the athleticism and balance and um, being able to be coached and listening to an instructor i think is what helped me a lot um it's definitely a lot of like being able to control your legs and your skis I would say, because when you're water skiing, to go in and out the wake and all that, you have to turn your skis and go out either direction. And snow skiing, I, I, I'm not a professional by any means in snow skiing, <laughs> but you have to know to like turn your skis to stop yourself and to weave up and down the hill and stuff like that. Right, right. 
and you know you said it i can say it too i'm certainly not a professional snow skier by any means i don't know all the like advanced terminology and techniques mm -hmm. that go into that but i've been doing it since i was like 18 months old yeah so like i'm just one of those like unorth unorthodox snow skiers that's mm -hmm. like you know you put me on skis and i can ski better than i can walk but right. i can't break down that terminology and that sort of thing for you um and that's kind of how I water ski too. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. It kind of feels like survival half the time, but yeah. I, can, I can drop the one ski and move around a little bit. I'm yeah. I know where they're as good as you are. It definitely helps learning from someone that has been doing it for so many years or just do it on the daily. Um, there's just little tips and advice that you would never even think of. But when someone tells you, you're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And it helps a lot. I can imagine. So what does your typical day look like? You mentioned that you water ski every day. Do you wake up and head to the lake or what's Basically, your... yep. So yeah. call times at 10. We do three shows a day, uh, 12, 2, and 4. Um, we get to work and we have side jobs as well. So we get to work, we sign in, we do our side jobs, which consists of either setting up the show, setting up the skis, getting the boats ready, checking the oil in the boats, um, cleaning up around the area and double checking that everything is safe and stuff like that. And we do like a team meeting. Our boss tells us any new notes going on, any notes on the show for us to be better, um, any cautious things that we need to be aware of, stuff like that. And then after meeting, we will probably go out and practice a little bit for the fun, for fun of it and to stay up on our skills. And then we get ready for a show do a show our show is only like 20 minutes long so Not and then bad. when the show's over we have lunch ski some more do another show we get done 20 minutes we ski some more after and then we go home <laughs> <laughs> that's a full day on the water that in itself is a workout wow mm -hmm. so you really truly live the quote-unquote lake life so to speak it seems like yeah. very wow. much so where i'm probably on the water more than i'm on land <laughs> nothing wrong with that so we had a few people who listened to the podcast send in some questions this first one is from zach uh and i should preface this question uh about six or seven years ago i can't believe it's been that long um he was on the lake with me on my boat and um he snowboards in the winter i i'm a skier myself and he was convinced that he was going to get up on the wakeboard that day uh, I think we spent over an hour and I think we dragged them like two or three miles up and down the lake of <laughs> him getting up and then face plant and get up and then face plant over and over and over again. And he wants to get some advice for uh, someone who wants to get started with water skiing and wakeboarding, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you're in an area where you, you don't have all these world-class coaches and uh, clinics right down the road. For sure. Um, one of the biggest things you can use, tools that you can use is YouTube. YouTube has a lot of skiing advice on it. I mean, I post videos. I have a lot of friends who post videos. There's a lot of ways to learn on YouTube. And then also equipment is huge. If you're learning a wakeboard, you want to make sure you have the right size wakeboard for your body. You know, too small, it's going to be really hard to get up and you can potentially injure yourself. Um, too big, then it's too floaty and it's, you're going to be skatey all over the place. So making sure you have the right size equipment for your body is going to be big. And then, like I said before, your driver is going to help you a lot. You don't want the driver ripping 
the rope out of your hand, but you also don't want the driver too slow out of the water where you're just dragging. So those are gonna be your three key elements to help you. Right, you, you said it best at the start there. Size does matter, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll edit it out. <laughs> um, it out. So our next question comes from John. And John wants to know what a training program for a water skier or wakeboarder looks like and what specific domains the sport has and what injuries are most common uh, and a lot of other uh, injury related and prehab and rehab related things. Mm -hmm. So the demand is dependent on what you want. You know, you can push yourself a lot harder and learn a lot more things if you want to, or you can just be happy to skiing. It's whatever you really prefer want to do. There's so many teams. There's hundreds of ski teams, amateur teams in the country. So anyone can look one up near their local team, find them, and all the ski teams are really happy to teach and help you out, which is awesome. When it comes to injuries, it's very possible, just like any sport. Uh, one of the most common injuries I've seen has been ACL injuries, but that comes mainly from the high impact that we do, which is off the jump. So if like for snow skiing, when you're hitting jumps and you're landing, it's a big impact on your knees. Uh, that's gonna be the biggest injury that I've seen. And the best way to help prevent that is rehabbing before you get injured, is right. making right. sure you're building that muscle around your knees before you injure yourself. And that will right. help prevent injury. So do you have any like program that your team follows or is everyone kind of doing their own thing on that side of things, the prehab injury prevention? We kind of do our own thing because it's different for each specialty that we do. Um, mm -hmm. For the jumpers, they're going to do more leg impact um, exercises for us girls with that we swivel. I do a lot of shoulder exercises um, and a lot of like back exercises because for swiveling when we're spinning and torquing our bodies, it's not good for your back. And we're also standing on one leg for most of the time. So we're very uneven. So I do, I go to the chiropractor very often. That's been one of the things that has helped me personally. And then also just doing a lot of back exercises and um, building up my muscle in my back and shoulders. Yeah, definitely. I uh, could not echo that more from a prehab standpoint. Getting stronger is beneficial for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting because uh, the individual who asked this question uh, sent me some MRI results a while back and um, he, he should be okay with me sharing it. It's <laughs> um, but he had a partially torn rotator cuff mm -hmm. and he had a torn labrum in his shoulder and he's benching 225 pounds for eight to 10 reps like it's nothing. Um, so even if things start to break down, like if you're strong, you're going to be well, at least feel okay. Yeah. Uh, and then from water skiing and wakeboarding standpoint, core uh, stability and strength is also huge. Core, core is one of the most important muscles that you use skiing. Right. Because you've got your lower body moving, but your upper body holding the rope is what's responsible for mm -hmm. you moving forward. So it's kind of a complex system, how you're moving up top but your legs are just kind of following and going along for the ride. Um, I keep talking with my hands here. Not that anyone listening on like Spotify or iTunes is going to see that. But 
but um, your core is what connects your lower body to your upper body. So naturally you're basically in like, I, I almost compare it to like a plank the whole time. Mm-hmm. You're not in that position, but you're standing and your core is tight yep. and the whole time you're on the ski. Yeah, I would say water skiing is one of the few sports that you're using your muscles from your head to your toe. Like everything is being flexed at some point. You have, you're using muscles that you didn't even know you had. I was a competitive soccer player for 10 years. I played varsity and all that. So I was really, really in shape. But then I'd go skiing and I was sore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I, wait a minute. <laughs> I feel you there. I work out like six days a week and I had a little uh, stint as like a running thing. And when I get on the skis or the wakeboard for the first time every year, I feel it for days. It's mm-hmm. uh, like you said, you work everything. And it's such a weird combination of working those muscles too. Like you, you don't really use your muscles like that in anything else. Like No, not at all. I, I, um, I had a day where I ran 10 miles. Um, I didn't want to uh, <laughs> for another time. Uh, and like, I would be fine after that. I'd feel fine. I'd, you know, work legs really hard and that was fine. But I get on the wakeboard and after like five minutes, first run of the year, my calf just cramps up and locks up on me. And, you know, you just, it's, it's almost like you can't prepare for some of it. Um, you just have to do it. And like, I've seen programs and protocols in the past that try to mimic the uh, uh, like specific demands of water mm-hmm. skiing, wakeboarding uh, in a training sense. But I, I still don't think the true carryover is there, right? You can, you know, replicate as best you can. So if you're a skier or you're a wakeboarder and you want to hit like a jump, you can do like jump squats and you can mm-hmm. load up, you can add in twists and different things like that but nothing that you do in the gym is going to compare to the feeling of being on skis on the water or on a wakeboard on the water it's just very different yeah I would say the closest things that I've seen that closely could mimic is for example the guys going over the jump and doing all the inverts and stuff is being on trampoline with a rope tied so you're mimicking those motions on the trampoline, coming back, landing, and using those muscles that way. And then for me, when I'm doing my swivel tricks and handle controls, I usually will have like a pulley system with weight and my handle connected and practice handle movements and stuff like that. That's the closest I've seen to mimicking it. But it, like you said, it's still nowhere near what it's like actually on the water. That's interesting. I haven't heard of either of those before but you just made me think of like Pilates and yoga and that sort of thing. Do you have anyone that does those? Is there good carryover between that sort of thing too? There's definitely good carryover with that. Um, Just more of your, like you said, core and body movements and just being able to control yourself. Cause slow is all like, we don't ever want to anyone to like do a trick and just speed through it or rush it, you know, slowing it down and slowing down your body is what's going to help you the most when it comes to like knowing where you are in the air or when you're spinning and things like that. So I'd say Pilates and yoga would help like that and also get into your mindset. Right. So that I think it's called like kinesthetic awareness, like awareness of your body in space. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that I'm just thinking right now, I would think calisthenics could help with that too. Like I see the people who, you know, they'll jump on a pull-up bar and they'll, you know, do muscle ups and levers or they'll do like front flips, back flips, somersaults, like yeah. without anything else, just their body. 
And if you can control your body like that in space, um, I think you said your mother had a gymnastics background, mm -hmm. that type of stuff. If you can do that, uh, I'm sure that has better carryover to ski. Definitely. Definitely. And air awareness has a huge carryover. Um, some of the best skiers that I've seen have been divers, gymnasts, uh, pole vaulters, those kind of people that have a lot of air awareness prior to water skiing. Right. And when it comes to, uh, you mentioned ACLs were one of the most common injuries that you saw, mm -hmm. which that surprised me uh, with skiing. But then when you explained like the jumping, the landing, it, mm -hmm. it started to make a little more sense in my head. Um, but other things, I would think water skiing, I've heard of a lot of shoulder injuries, yep. uh, especially when people are just learning, just starting out, and maybe you don't have the best driver, and it starts a little too quick, right? Yeah. Every, There's... Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> every, uh, every team, every group of friends probably has that guy who, you know, will not give up, will not, you know, give in. And, you know, if you get a driver who wants to take advantage of that a little bit, you might start a little quick and just keep going and drag them yeah. along a little bit further. And that's a great way to rupture your biceps tendon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we actually have a girl injured at work right now and she just ruptured her bicep. And it oh. was, yeah, and it was not a, an abrupt injury. It was something that happened over time. So usually when you have a bicep injury or tear, it, blow, it blows up, it's, bruised and it looks like you got shot by a shotgun like a in your arm. arm yes the Popeye arm so she has the Popeye arm but no bruising or anything because it was just her fibers slowly and slowly were tearing away and then what it happened mid-show she finished off the show fine but she was like this isn't right she like looked at her bicep and was like a little bit burning sensation and it looked really weird so she's like eh, I think something's wrong um <laughs> So there is a lot of wear and tear injuries that we deal with. Like I've always wanted to off the record, get a body MRI <laughs> so I can just see what's going on in my body. Cause I do have like shoulder clicks and, you know, shoulder issues, you know, some back things, some leg things, you know, it, over time when you're doing this, your body are going to tend to have little tiny injuries that are going to happen. But like I said before, building up the muscle around really has helped me not fully get injured. Definitely. Um, and then from the injury side of things with wakeboarding, I think I could be wrong, um, but I think most of it tends to be like head and face related stuff. Because when you're wakeboarding behind a boat, <laughs> you're cutting across the water back and forth. Um, at least my experience when I've been injured wakeboarding, it's always been the head or like concussion. Mm -hmm. or something Definitely like a lot of concussions. And I mean, I actually had a concussion a couple months ago um, really? from hydrofoiling. I big, huge jump landed sideways, whacked my head on the water and I was out of it for the rest of the day, but it ended up, it was very mild and it was fine, but it's amazing um, how unforgiving the water is when you're moving very. 15, 20 <laughs> miles an hour. Yeah, definitely. And I was probably going about 25 at the time. And same with barefooting, when you're going 40, you know, you're basically hitting the water so quick that it almost feels hard. <laughs> you can, wow. you know, tumble on top of the water. Um, back to the wakeboarding, though, a lot of ACL is also one of the most common in wakeboarding. We have one of our skiers on the team. He's also a professional wakeboarding boarder in the wakeboarding industry, and he's blown his ACL three times. Holy cow. Two in one leg and one in the other, all from wakeboarding. Right. And from the wakeboarding side of things, your boots are strapped into the board. Mm -hmm. So yeah. 
feet can't really move. Correct. Your ankles don't really move because the boots come up above your ankles. Yeah. So to start moving is your knee. So when you kind of take all these different funky twists and turns and positions that you just kind of end up in sometimes, incidentally, Mm -hmm. uh, your knee has a tendency to cave in and uh, move inwards. That valgus collapse moment uh, is what is the primary mechanism of injury for an ACL tear. So if you're putting yourself in that position and you don't have good control over it, then naturally uh, it makes sense that you would get hurt like that. And uh, one of the big things I've seen uh, wakeboarders struggle with is uh, riding switch. So being mm-hmm. to go from dominant foot in the back to non-dominant foot in the back. And it takes a ton of practice to get yes. used to it. Mm-hmm. You're just in the whole system. It's uh, very blind whenever you switch. Like for me, I ski on my right leg predominantly. If I go to ski on my left leg. It's as if I've never skied before. <laughs> I barely can get up on it. I am super uncoordinated. Like it's very humbling because I do so many things on my right side. But when I go to my left side, it makes me remember how hard it was to learn. Right. So, right. Just uh, how far you've come, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Does that have any uh, carryover into other things that you do in life? Like, you know, if you go to the gym and you rep out barbell squats or something, do you notice that you tend to favor that right side more than the left side? Uh, Definitely. And just in strength in general, when I'm doing single leg exercises, my right leg is significantly stronger than my left. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely try to work out my left a little more to make it even. Um, And that stems from being on one, one side, like my left arm is more is stronger than my right arm because a lot of my tricks I do with my left arm so I'm very out of whack in that sense so when I go to the gym I try to even it out (laughs) yeah definitely and that's probably something that's always a work in progress right because you know you spend so much time water skiing and on the water that it it kind of just becomes ingrained over time Mm -hmm. so definitely do you do anything else on the lake outside of water skiing uh hydroboarding I think you called it wakeboarding hydrofoiling so hydrofoiling that's a new mm-hmm. one to me I'm still I'm still learning yes it's a very interesting contraption <laughs> it's basically take everything you know about water skiing out the window it is not the same but it is because it's a water contraption and you're in the water doing it being pulled by a boat but everything you learn water skiing has pretty much nothing to do with how you learn hydrofoiling it's a convenient, right <laughs> very convenient um but it, they're fun I ride the foil uh my boyfriend he's very talented on the foil he can do flips and gainers and stuff on it and it's a really fun contraption it's a little intimidating because you basically have a giant sword coming out of your bum because <laughs> you you sit in it like a chair <laughs> Uh, that's a very unique description of it. Um, wow. So when you're, it's basically like a, I don't know how to explain the board necessarily. It's like an we'll airplane. Have, we'll have it's to like attach an, the, a picture of it to the uh, the podcast or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's basically like an airplane underwater, the way the foil works. So you have your foil here and then the, t-bar yeah goes up to the board and then the board sits on top of the t-bar like this and then you have a small seat and you sit in it like a chair 
Okay. And you go behind the boat with that or are they separate from the boat? No, you go behind the boat. Yep. Okay. Um, I, I just searched some images here. And uh, the if you first search sky ski, that will be your best bet. Okay. Yeah. The first one that came up had like a, like almost like a sail thing on it. Um, I, I don't really know how to explain it. I'll just show it to you here. Okay. Uh, if we have to edit this out, we will. Uh, <laughs> like, what the heck? Okay. So that <laughs> bottom part there is a hydrofoil. So that's oh. a, I'm assuming a hydrofoil windsurfer. Okay. Um, so if you search up sky ski or okay. air chair. I will do that. Um, we're, we're learning a lot today. If you <laughs> yeah, like um, you said, a lot of different sub things in the water skiing umbrella. <laughs> there really is. And we don't have anything. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Um, we don't really, I've never seen anything like this. And I've been to most of the Finger Lakes, Seneca, Skinny Atlas, uh, Cayuga, Owasco. I have never seen anything like it's, this. It's not a very popular thing. It's popular in show skiing. And there also is like a hydrofoil community. Um, if you go to like usawaterski.org, they have all of, we have all the disciplines there and hydrofoil is one of the disciplines. And a lot of the hydrofoilers are out in like California and um, Lake Tahoe area and stuff. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I will have to look into this one more. Uh, wake surfing has just caught on huge up here. Um, mm -hmm. I, I bet. It's gotten really big. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then kneeboarding has always kind of been there, but kneeboarding has never really taken off like some of Yeah. The I'm not a fan of kneeboarding. I don't like being on my knees like that. It <laughs> just, it's not comfortable. No. But it's, it's great for the kids to get on the water and get anyone you can get it on the water it's a good day so yeah. if that's what you got then you know run with it my first time ever on the board, i was 13 years old and i i was a little kid like i was at the time probably like five seven five eight but i was like noodle like 110 <laughs> um, so i didn't have the strength to pull myself up onto the board you know how you start like belly on yep. the board and then pull your legs up i couldn't do that so I just hung out there and apparently I went for like three or four miles. Hey, that uh, works, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I, I don't even know what to call it because it wasn't really knee boarding, but I wouldn't call it belly boarding either. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Up there. Um, some of the professionals in that are crazy too. Like they'll do like flips and jumps mm -hmm. and those things. And the whole I time. Cringe I cringe every time. <laughs> yeah, like you're the whole force of that every single time. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's not a comfortable position. I no. never feel good standing up after getting on a keyboard. No. <laughs> and then a lot of people have, I think when it comes to water sports, tubing is what comes to mind for most people first. Yeah. And that's even changed so much too is, you know, there used to be like the tube. You get right. on, there's a rope on the front and you just hold on for dear life. And now they right. got ones that you stand up, you sit down, they've got different like uh, they have like a rope that's like a bungee cord and mm -hmm. it's crazy. Oh. I do a lot of photo shoots for Connolly. Um, it's a Connolly skis company and they have tubes and stuff. So I do a lot of photo shoots with them and we test out all their demos and stuff. And some of them are a little scary. <laughs> Not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> I can imagine. I didn't realize you did photography too. I do do photography, but for the, those photo shoots, I am in, I'm on the tube. Oh, lucky yeah. you. Wow. <laughs> interesting 
So if you go on the Connolly website, you might see a couple photos of me on paddle boards or something. Oh, well, do you do paddle boarding too? Or? I don't own one. I would love to own one, but I do enjoy paddle boarding. Yeah, that's, uh, that's been my latest trend for lake things. I've been doing a ton of paddle boarding. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I think we got our first one two or three years ago, and we've already expanded like two or three paddle boards. And you could just spend the whole day out there, so oh, quiet yeah. and peaceful. Um, I don't know how people do yoga on them though, because my balance is not that good. It helps to have a wider one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I was out one time paddle boarding, and I saw someone doing a headstand on one. Well, I'm just struggling to stand on. <laughs> it's it's amazing what people can do. Uh, when right. it comes to water, you know, no matter mm -hmm. what kind of sport or discipline of, you know, water sports you decide to pursue, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for all of them. You can really get creative and have fun with any of them. Yeah, that's what's super awesome about the, like, water skiing in general and just the umbrella of water skiing. There's so many disciplines and so many directions you can go. There's barefooting, hydrofoiling, kneeboarding, just plain water skiing, show skiing, three event skiing, collegiate skiing. There's so many things that you can do. Collegiate skiing. So like colleges have like ski yep. teams. Yep. Interesting. Well, I certainly went to college in the wrong area, but I, <laughs> I probably would not have been good enough to make the team. So. so with the collegiate skiing, it's the same as three events. So you're doing trick, slalom, and long distance jump. So what we do in show skiing is freestyle jump. You're doing, you know, the back flips, the front flips, stuff like that, where in collegiate and three event skiing, you're trying to go for distance. So does that mean the boat is moving faster or is it more about like how you position yourself like dynamically when you get the jump? It's um, speed of the boat and then also your cut, uh, your speed of cut towards the ramp right. and that will give you that lift. I've never done LD necessarily. Um, I've only just kind of rode over the ramp, <laughs> but it is insane watching them and the sound it makes when they hit the jump because it's just like a really loud like thud and they just so shooting off into the air it's pretty cool <laughs> look that up that's that's crazy wow uh, I'm I'm learning a lot myself here because <laughs> you know for me water skiing has always been okay head out to the lake put the skis on jump in the water boat goes somewhere along the line I'll drop a ski and hope we can find it later uh mm -hmm. and you know that's water skiing and it's amazing to learn that there's so much more to the sport mm -hmm. um, it's kind of nice to hear that because it's an insanely fun sport. And I think every, ideally everyone tries it at some point. Um, but uh, I think a lot of people would really enjoy doing it if they haven't tried it uh, in the past. Definitely. And like I said before, there's so many, so many amateur ski teams around the country that I'm sure there's one locally near you or near anybody that could go and join the team or just even go and talk to people on the team and you know, ask for help. Like, I want to get into this. How do I do that? And the opportunities are definitely there. Definitely. Opportunities are always there. You just have to ask sometimes. Worst, mm -hmm. worst case, someone tells you no, and you're in the right. same place you are now. Um, I've shared it in the past, but like literally like 80% of the people I've booked on podcasts have always been like me just being like, hey, I know this is a long shot, but uh, do you want to like do an episode with me? Um, and people are more often than not very receptive to that so 
it's incredible the kind of people you can meet and get to know. And in this case, you know, with water skiing, the kind of stuff that you'll learn how to do if you just, you know, put yourself out there and ask a question. Yeah, definitely. I'm really happy that I answered. <laughs> <laughs> so for people who uh, want to find out more about you and what you do, where can people find you and follow you and engage in your stuff? Um, I probably post the most on Instagram, which would be Darian Michaela. Uh, you have my Instagram, so you can, you can yeah, share that I'll if you want. It. It's a public account. So I post a lot of my skiing on there and my achievements and just day-to-day -day life things on there. Um, uh, we have, I'm actually on Team USA, so we have a, the World's Tournament in October. So we're going to be practicing a lot this coming year. So I'll be posting a lot about that. And That's I'm also on TikTok. I post some fun, you know, skiing videos on there too. Right. And then YouTube as well, right? Yes. I also on YouTube. Yep. I post a lot of skiing on there as well. Awesome. And I have some of our shows that we've done on there. That's awesome. Well, mm -hmm. we will make sure to link to all of that below. So if you didn't quite catch that, you can just click the link below and check out everything that Darian puts out. Uh, do you have any kind of closing thoughts or anything else that you want to share about water skiing and water sports in general? Um, yeah, it's, it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's something that I never thought was going to happen to me. Like I had said before, I was a soccer player. That's where I thought my life was going. And I found water skiing at age 12 and fell in love with it. And I've built the biggest family with water skiing where, you know, even on holidays, I go to my ski family's houses. So it's a very, very good community with a lot of good people. Definitely. That's awesome to hear. So glad you found the sport and uh, really thankful for your time and your efforts to help grow that sport and looking forward to keeping in touch and working with you again in the future, Darian. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you like this episode, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and share this episode with a friend who you think would enjoy hearing it. Additionally, if you want to help support this podcast and keep future episodes going, please check out our links below where you can support us directly or through engaging in any of our affiliate marketing links. Last, please make sure you check us out on social media at Braun Body and leave a five-star review, especially if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify.